Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where it says in verses 4 through 6, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. In this passage, we see three specific things highlighted. Gifts, where it says there are many different kinds of gifts. Service, or ministries. Workings, or manifestations. This passage is super helpful to me in bringing focus to the often controversial subject of spiritual gifts. Now, when the subject of spiritual gifts is talked about, it often includes all three of the activities of the Holy Spirit mentioned here in these verses. But I find that by differentiating between each one, like Paul does here, by gifts, ministries, and manifestations, I'm able to better understand and specifically apply each of them to my life. And that's my goal over the next several episodes. Every believer is a minister and has been apportioned grace and power to fulfill their calling and become the catalyst for transformation in the places where they live, work, and worship. It's that apportionment of grace and power given to fulfill our calling that is a description of the spiritual gift each one of us has been given by God to fulfill our purpose on this earth. Now, sadly, the doctrinal distinctives surrounding spiritual gifts and manifestations have become a dividing line between churches and believers. That which God has given the body for the purpose of building one another up has too often become the very thing which divides and tears down. One reason for that is the disagreement over whether these gifts and manifestations ceased to exist after the death of the original apostles. There's a significant portion of the body of Christ that would call themselves cessationists, which simply means they believe that God allowed for a special dispensation where miraculous gifts were given to the church in order to confirm the message of the apostles. And when the apostles passed away, so did the gifts. While on the other side, there's also a significant portion of the body of Christ who believe that the miraculous gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that were given to the church on Pentecost continue to be given and manifest in the church to the present day and will only cease when Christ returns to the earth. And while I personally firmly stand in that latter camp, the purpose of this podcast isn't to defend that theological position, but rather to inspire, equip, and unleash all of God's people to become the catalyst for transformation wherever they are. The various doctrinal positions surrounding spiritual gifts and manifestations is not a distinction that places either camp outside of Orthodox Christian beliefs. So it's okay that there are Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches that exist and minister in our communities together. It's okay that there are charismatic churches and conservative churches that have different worship styles and ministry emphases and methodology. But what shouldn't happen is when one group of Christ followers refuses to fellowship and pray 
with another group of Christ followers. And the simple reason for that is that it prevents either of them from reaching their city for Christ. We've seen that the body is one. There is one church, and yet that church meets in many congregations. And that's okay. But at the same time, the church is interdependent. As we've seen, I can't say to another part of the body, I don't need you. God has designed the body this way. When we divide or refuse to fellowship or pray with other believers that God has yoked us to in our communities, then we show that our loyalty is now to a distinctive rather than a people. God's people, our people, cities are transformed as a result of the church engaging in desperate, focused, and unified prayer. We are in a spiritual battle for the souls of our community. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity, for it is there that God commands a blessing. Yes, a pastor's fellowship that is focused on seeking God for the transformation of their city should have doctrinal standards that conform to essential Christian orthodoxy as contained in statements like the Nicene Creed or the Lausanne Covenant. Unity for the sake of unity isn't the goal. Transformation is the goal. And if God doesn't visit our city, nothing will ever change. If we do what we've always done, we'll get the results that we've always gotten. So we as the church have to ask honestly, why hasn't God chosen to visit our city in a powerful and transformative way? I like how George Otis Jr. says it. If God was comfortable in our community, wouldn't he already be here? At some point, God was disinvited. Invitations were issued, red carpets rolled out for other gods, lords, idols, that have never been dealt with and evicted. In asking God to heal our land and transform our community, we are seeking God for a restoration of a breached relationship. We are inviting God's presence to come and for him to occupy and take his place as Lord. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. What a promise this is. God is attracted to a humble, broken, and contrite heart. We must ask ourselves as God's people, have we positioned ourselves to attract his life-giving and healing presence? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we seeking his face together? Are we turning from sin? When we at GGTP invite pastors to gather together for a prayer summit, this is the first priority, to ask God to show us his heart, show us our community as he sees it. Because if God answers that prayer, it will change us. It will devastate us. It will obligate us to his vision and to one another in seeing that his purposes are accomplished on this earth 
as they are in heaven, then nothing else will matter. God's vision will possess us, and nothing short of his presence will satisfy us. So today, let us humble ourselves and pray. Let's seek his face and turn from sin. Let's believe God's promise that he can and will do that which we don't have the power to do through any amount of human effort or strategizing, bring healing to that which was broken and salvation to that which was lost. Jesus said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. We are like the blind men in Matthew chapter 9 who came to Jesus for healing. Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? To which they replied, Yes, Lord. It says that Jesus then touched their eyes and said, It shall be done for you according to your faith. And they were healed. Today, what is God speaking to you? Or what has he already spoken? To which he is now asking you and I, Do you believe I can do this? May our reply be, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen.